Hello, everybody that is tuning in from Red Deer and around the entire world. Thanks for tuning in to Red Deer Originals this week. This week on the show, my super duper special guest is Sean McIntyre. Sean McIntyre is the mayor of Sylvan Lake, Alberta, Canada. He is a super great guy. I've known him for quite a while. And it was just fun to sit down and talk to him just about the a day in the life of the mayor of a town of about, what do you say, 11,000 people. And just the decision-making process that kind of goes into all the stuff that he has to deal with each day and how crazy of a job it would be. So I hope you enjoyed it. It was super cool just to listen to him and just... Uh, just to hear about what it's like because it's uh, definitely a job that not a lot of people get to have or want to have. But it's cool. It's cool that he's doing it. He's a young guy and uh, setting the tone for the mayors to come in Sylvan Lake, I do believe. So let me introduce to you my guest today, Sean McIntyre. Right, bam! Sean Mack. McIntyre, everybody. What's up, man? Well, I'm glad to be here. It's uh, almost springtime. I know. Good. Beautiful day out there. Good day to be inside. And, well, it's still not warm. It feels warm compared to the minus 40 oh. we have. It yeah. feels like summertime, but no, it's still it's still winter outside, but we're almost to the end. We're getting there. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> did this winter feel long? But not really, because it was so... I, everybody that I talked to was like, oh, yeah longest winter ever i'm like what it was like plus four all december yeah and november and january was nice too and then it was like no snow and then february hit which is a short month and it still was like terribly cold basically all month but like the winter itself i believe in my heart was pretty good it was you know and like you get something like february where depending on where you live it was either the coldest February in 40 years or 80 years. Mm. It was really crazy. Really? I, you know, in January, I, I you know, didn't say it out loud because I didn't want to jinx anything. Yeah, I but care. I thought to myself, we, we've had a very gentle winter. But Totally. I get the people who are saying it's so long because we had all that snow in September. That's so true, too. We missed all that good time. September. October was beautiful, yeah. but it was sort of like September really crushed our vibes. You know? Right, yeah, because like, yeah. I don't even remember, which is great. It's kind of, I feel like a goldfish sometimes when it comes to winter. It's like, oh, it's over. Oh, okay, sweet. It's yeah. like, oh, summer's over. Oh, what? Uh, like, just, as long as you remember the good things, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, October was nice. Because we, at my work, we like moved to a new shop. And I was like, oh my God, it's going to suck so bad because it snowed all that time. And then it just got super nice again. So I was like, oh, sweet. Nice. So it was good. Moving was good, which is always good. Yeah, yes. moving is not always good. No. <laughs> but whatever we did it and winter's almost over this last big kick in the nuts with all the snow make it nice and wet for whatever <laughs> yeah well it's funny too uh on the streets that have been plowed it looks like springtime yeah because it's bare pavement now yeah and then true. on the streets that haven't been plowed it looks like it's still winter so it all depends on your perspective i guess for sure it's a good segue into you being the mayor. How are them street plowing going on? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny you say that. We actually, uh, uh, you know, we got that winter blast in February. Yeah. And it, it triggered all of our snow removal policies. Okay. So we had just plowed the whole town. Like, finished oh, no the last way. road. Ooh. And then we got 24 centimeters of snow. 
So that sends our crews back to the A and B routes, so like the busiest roads in yeah. town. Yeah. Um, so they, like I said, they look like springtime, but the residential roads, like my own street, we got 24 centimeters of snow, and that's just kind of it. So, uh, <laughs> you thankfully, they don't make a special exception for the mayor's street. It's like, oh, okay, mayor, it snowed again. Let's get this clean. No, no in fact, hey, where's the perks? As uh, I know, there are very, there are very few. Uh, I'll tell you what, what Morris Flowing told me about that. The former uh, mayor of Red Deer. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, I told my neighbors when I got elected mayor, you know, that street lamp post is not getting fixed, my road, you know, enough, I'm yeah. close to the last uh, that gets plowed, sometimes I am the mm-hmm. last, and I just don't want to have any appearances of favoritism, so... I take it, I'd be like, yeah, yeah they <laughs> come, come on over, come my driveway, <laughs> where are we? Oh, that's funny, no, you know, it's funny, Morris Fluelling, the former mayor of Red Deer, when he knew that I was running for mayor, he pulled me aside and... Gave me some of his sage wisdom, which, by the way, he is a uh, a statesman. He's a like, cool dude. He is so wise. Yeah. And so if he's going to pull me over and give me advice, I'm going to listen. Yeah. And I remember he told me two really important things. He said that the mayor, well, he said, first of all, you're never not the mayor. Mm. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, or how close you are to home, or how far away you are, you're never not the mayor. So govern yourself accordingly. Mm-hmm. And the other one was that um, the mayor has uh, little power but has a lot of influence. Right. So use it responsibly. And that's mm. just kind of democracy, right? I'm still, although I'm the mayor and I, and I love that role, yeah. I'm still just one vote of seven when it comes to making decisions. Right. You don't get any extra authority in that respect. Okay. So, you know, you got to lead your team and be careful with the influence that you do have. Mm-hmm. So if I were to go online or whatever and say, you know, such and such a product or such and such a business is terrible, you know, that would hold a lot of weight. Yeah. So you got to just wield that influence carefully and, the same thing goes for good stuff. So, you know, when it comes to my um, my streets being plowed, no, I'll, I'll be happy to be the last one. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. You know, because we can live with it. It's okay. Yeah. 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 Even here. Yeah. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, and for my listeners that are in different countries, which there are a couple, which is cool. Awesome. from Norway, I think, in Brazil. Hi, Norway. Sean Mack is the mayor of Sylvan Lake, Alberta, and you have been for... Uh, five years as mayor now, but I got elected to council in 2010, so it's my ninth year as an elected official. Crazy. Yeah. So, what what in your life made you do this to yourself? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, uh, like, where'd you go to high school, where'd you grow up, all that stuff, and kind of like, what led you to this, you know, wanting, desire to be into some form of politics and stuff like that? Sure. Well, yeah. my family moved to Sylvan Lake from Edmonton okay. in 1989. Gotcha. So I was six years old. Yeah. And uh, so I've done most of my growing up in uh, Sylvan Lake. We lived in Edmonton just long enough to be there for the glory days of the Oilers. Dope. Which made me an Oilers fan for life. I know. Which, Can't get away from it. Now. Well, and these days it really builds character, you know? <laughs> Some days it's really Dude. good to be an Oilers fan. but uh, I started to be an Oilers fan like... Maybe in 2006 when they made that cup run. Nice. And I didn't care a thing for hockey at that point in my life. But then um, Joel started to play in, on the church league. Yeah. And he's like, you should come play hockey. I'm like, I have no idea what to do. I'm like, I, I have I have skill. I can skate. Sure. And shoot. But I don't know what the lines are or like positions or nothing. So he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Just come and check it out and he bought me like a couple pieces of equipment even cool. just to get it get me out there it was super cool but then yeah 
So in the, in the spring, or in the, I guess almost in the summer, Stanley Cup was in June, we were in Edmonton skateboarding, and they were, like, making their cup run. Wow. And so we were in Edmonton for the time, and it was crazy. Saw Fernando Pisani and Moxie's. No kidding. One night after he'd scored, like, two goals. Wow. It was great. That's awesome. So I'm like, Edmonton's the best. Yeah. And then, you know, 20 years later, oh, yeah, that sucks. Well. Builds character. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So many years. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. enough about hockey. So, yeah, well, we lived in Edmonton uh, in the north side and uh, moved to Sylvan Lake for that small town life, you know, nice. yeah. safer, more tight-knit community kind yeah. of thing, and, and we found it there. Like, you just fell in love. My parents had obviously visited a few times before and decided, mm-hmm. oh, I think that's where we want to bring the family, and yeah. I remember visiting a, a couple times, both in the summer and at Christmas. So, anyway, we moved to Sylvan Lake in 1989, and that was really... Uh, sort of it we put down roots big time my family and uh my dad was part of the kinsmen my mom was part of the the cwl which is the catholic women's league uh and then the iode which i'm I'm sorry for any iode ladies listening to the podcast (laughs) i forget what that means uh i'll have to look it up before the end of the show and then i'll let people know what it is yeah we google Uh, stuff in the middle but something yeah yeah so anyway, but they were, the point is, they were volunteers, yeah. uh, you know, and they, that's, they sort of ingrained that into me, and that's never something that has left throughout my life. My parents got me involved in, uh, like, beavers and cubs oh, and scouts. Yeah, and, yeah, that stuff was good, man. Yeah, like, sort of solidified that, that uh, help your neighbor, you mm-hmm. know, sort of atmosphere. And, and uh, yeah, so I uh, went through all of my schooling there in Sylvan Lake, right through high school, okay. and... Uh, uh, we grew up, uh, I always say the most polite way to put it, you know, for the sake of honoring my parents is mm-hmm. I grew up in the most modest of means. Okay. So, uh, the opposite of rich for people who are trying to read between the lines. <laughs> uh, so I've been, uh, I also had a full-time job since I was 12 years old. Oh, wow. Well, no way. And yeah. even before that, I was like mowing lawns and shoveling yeah. driveways, doing what I could. If I wanted like a five-star binder mm. or a pair of jeans or something, I had to save up and buy it for myself. This is five-star. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I, do you remember how cool five-star, the oh, zip-up yeah. binder that when it ballin'. first came out was like oh, yeah. the holy grail of Super cool. school coolness, right? <laughs> so if I wanted to buy one, then uh, yeah, I had to work for it. So I've been working that, uh, that whole time too, which mm. means... That I got a really broad uh, range of work experience, yeah, and always always volunteering, and uh, you know got involved in some uh, church youth groups and that kind of thing, and all sort of just contributed to what I valued in life. So I love to help other people, and I realized the the value of community, mm. and so I wanted to build community as well. And then uh, my dad kind of got me interested in politics when I was a kid. No way. And uh, it was always sort of like an interest of mine, but I thought I would get involved in politics in retirement. Yeah, uh, late in life, yeah. Yeah, but I got to, uh, and I, I'm sure we'll probably get to it later in the conversation, but uh, got to working for Incline. Okay. And yeah, really yeah. just appreciating the skateboard BMX, you know, action sports scene for like the second time in my life, the second phase of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe the third. Um uh, so we needed a, an outdoor skate park really bad. The one in Sylvan Lake was was in bad shape. Yeah. Metal ramps on asphalt was 
way less than ideal. She you was know? a beauty, that's for sure. So it was started, like it was really honestly the only thing around though at the time. Like that's all that there was. There was like a skate park in Silver that had ramps. It was crazy. Like yeah. for us from Red Deer, it was like man, at least there's somewhere like Black Vault had some stuff set up in their outdoor rink in the summer. That was like really yeah, it was fun, but it was janky, like old stuff, and it was mm-hmm. all wood and whatever. So, like, you either went there, or then when Sylvan got that, and when it was fresh, like, brand new, it was awesome. But it would have like been... Brand new ramps. Groundbreaking. Brand new, like, asphalt. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Launch ramp. <laughs> yeah, totally. And a rail thing. I still and remember it was, that. It was pretty bad, but it yeah. was still sick. Like, it, was, it was cool, but, you know, it aged quick, and asphalt does that, especially oh, in our, you know, climate. Yeah. You know... The first year looks amazing, and then it goes down quick from there. Oh, yeah. So they wanted some help to fundraise for a new skate park, and I was already involved with Incline in building an indoor park. Yeah. Uh, so I started to get involved with them, and then it came time to decide on a location of that skate park, mm-hmm. which led me to speak to the Sylvan Lake Council at the time. So this would have been in, say, 2008 or nine. Okay. Uh, about, uh, you know, Sylvan Lake. So I go to speak to council at a, at a public hearing. I said, you know, Silver Lake could really use a new skate park. It would really help the youth, give them a place to go, and have something sort of creative and constructive in their lives. Mm. And uh, people in the audience and, and some people who, who didn't know me really well kind of realized, oh, wow, this guy can put a few words together, and he cares about the community. Yeah. And then I started getting all this pressure to run for council. No way. Uh, yeah. And wow. Yeah, it was crazy because yeah, I would have been 25 at the time. Huh. Yeah, so really, you know, just getting started in life in a lot of different ways. And, uh, yeah, wouldn't you know that I, I made the decision? Sure, I'm going to run for council. I got elected when I was 27, uh, which was awesome. That yeah. was not the third earthquake in <laughs> We had They had one in Rocky Mountain House this morning. Oh, really? Another earthquake, yeah. Oh, wow. It's crazy. We had one in Sylvan Lake on Monday, and yep. then now on Sunday here in uh, Rocky Mountain House. That one in Sylvan was actually pretty hectic like there there's there's a guy that i work with his um parents own like farmland out there and he was like half a click away from like the epicenter where it ha- yeah epicenter. <laughs> <laughs> you see all the memes oh yes oh, the we will rebuild memes. so bad yeah yeah i'm like that's not very classy everybody <laughs> Like, nobody got hurt. Right, that's the great thing. Nobody Which, got hurt. So there wasn't can, a lot of property damage. There's some cracks and plaster. I haven't yeah. seen anything so much. So you kind of make fun of it, but I'm like... Mm. What if somebody did? Or yeah, did nobody knew, saying? right? Like, nobody knew at that point. But anyway, this my buddy, or this my, when my apprentice guy at work, he it happened, like, on his land. Oh, really? And he actually, like, when he got to work, he's like, do you guys feel that earthquake? I'm like, nah, I didn't nothing dude he's like man it knocked me out of my bed get out he's like he literally woke up on the floor wow like it shook him and it shook him off his bed and he said like we had cows like run through fences because they were freaked like cows just bookered wow yeah i didn't know any of that well you know it's funny i you know i love rabbit trails this is a good one yeah um i was getting ready to go to a course at the university of alberta that morning okay so at 5 55 a.m i'm like dressed Awake in my living room, ready to leave the house. Yeah. And then this this boom was so loud hmm. that I didn't know if somebody ran a truck into my house or if the building behind me blew up or yeah. if somebody ran into the transformer at the end of my block because yeah. right after it, the power went out. Hmm. The weird thing for me, though, and, and for a lot of other people that I've talked to is 
there wasn't so much a shaking as there was just this loud boom impact. Yeah. So in central Alberta, an earthquake would be the last thing that you <laughs> would think. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's not California. This is not the Pacific Rim. Yeah. You know, we're in the prairies more or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, um, so as the mayor, I'm on social media right away. Okay, everyone. Uh, we have a power outage, you know. Yeah. Fortis supplies our power grid at Southern Lake. If you have an outage, please report it to them. Yeah. And uh, so you just sort of like shift into that mode right away. For sure. But my kids got woken up by the noise and they're worried because the power's gone out. We have this uh, fan in the hallway that sort of keeps this white noise level around so the yeah, kids yeah. don't wake up if you're walking down the hallway or something. Right, yeah. But so all the lights are out, the fan's off, and tell the kids oh you're fine you're okay don't worry you can mm. pile into my bed i'm leaving anyway mm. and i left like it was any other day yeah and it wasn't until you know i'd say 20 minutes later that i'm reading social media and people are saying no my, you know my bed shook i fell out of bed like yeah. you rec- like you said your friend had and other people like no this is an earthquake and i waited for the official news there's this uh organization called um natural resources canada and yeah, they confirmed a 4.6 earthquake. That's and pretty intense. Yeah, I spent half the day talking to the media. But oh, for did you? us, okay, oh yeah. yeah, like that's another kind of thing that comes with the role. Yeah, is you represent the community uh, to the community mm-hmm. and to council, and then to other communities, other governments, and the media. And uh, yeah, so I was on the phone half the morning talking with CBC and CTV and. Radio stations from Leduc and Regina and oh, no uh, way. yeah yeah I heard it on six thirty chat on the way into work an earthquake from Bob Stone whatever his name oh yeah Bob Bob Layton yeah Bob Layton is know. Bob Layton the... still on the radio oh yeah six thirty chat man no way yeah I'm Bob Layton dude nice his voice is insane <laughs> that's hilarious but an earthquake was reported in Alberta today. <laughs> Just outside of Red Deer, just like <laughs> all the okay. voice inflections, the okay. vocal inflections. Gotcha, bro. Just oh wow, pretty awesome. Yeah, but yeah. It's, I was like, after I heard that, I'm like, well, no reason to live in Alberta anymore. I'm out of here. <laughs> right? Not safe. It's not safe for oh, earthquakes. Man. Yeah. So the the book that just fell on the floor was not the third earthquake no. in the week. No. It was just just a book falling. That was on my. Uh, Worship songs. Stay calm, calm, everyone. It's all good. Oh, that is good. We will rebuild. (laughs) (laughs) I will pick it up and put it back. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, yeah. Back in 2010. uh, And ended up running for council at 27. Got elected, which was amazing. It was an amazing experience and an extremely steep learning curve. Uh, But I had this love for community and this interest in politics. And Mm -hmm. instead of getting involved in retirement, it just happened like 35 years early, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, got involved in council, uh, learned a ton about how to be effective in politics. That was a whole different hmm. thing. And in my, when I got involved, I didn't know that there was a difference really between making the right decision yeah. and, and being effective in politics. And <clears throat> it was in 2011 or 2012 that I kind of got, uh, I got sick, not, not literally, but I had this realization that if I wanted to do well, if I wanted to serve well where I was, that I had to become a politician, quote unquote. Mm, right. And that word is really, has a lot of negative connotations, kind of a dirty word. Yeah, can. Uh, but I realized, you know, it was more than making the right decision. It was also uh, convincing other people that it was the right decision. Mm-hmm. And then carrying that through with policy and and follow up. And that that is, I guess, the the line between 
being somebody who just makes the right call and then and then politics. Mm-hmm. So I got involved in that, and then it turned out that the 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 mayor at the time and I didn't see eye to eye when it came to the community's future. Okay. I was like future obsessed. Yeah, I had a vision for the community, what I hoped it would be like, you know, thirty years down the road, and mm-hmm. and and uh, and she and I just had some differences of opinion. Right. So I ended up uh, running for mayor in two thousand thirteen, and there was three people running. My, uh, myself, the incumbent mayor, and then another lady, and uh, I ended up uh, winning that election, which was totally incredible. And it was by like a, a healthy margin as well. Like I got seventy two percent of the vote, Holy moly. which really blew my mind. You know, like you go into an election, you kind of have to go in as a whole person, ready to win or lose, and still be a whole person after the process is done. Yeah. So I thought if I was going to win. You know, maybe it'd be by one percent or, or one vote or something. I yeah. never anticipated the level of support, but it was really cool. And mm. you know, that was 2013, and uh, it's been an incredible journey since then. The people I've got to work with, the things that we've been able to do, uh, the challenges that we've had, the problems that we've had to solve. It's oh, been I can imagine. amazing. Yeah, and stressful. You know, like oh, you. I put on a lot of weight. I think I've lost <laughs> a little hair. It's looking good. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> Uh, but you know, definitely the hardest job I've ever had to do in my life. Yeah. And, uh, but it's also really rewarding when you know that you're serving in my case, 15,000 people and growing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's enough. It's a lot of people is like still, that's enough. Well, and in my world too, I look at it as having the official number from 2016. So it's old. Yeah. Is 14,816 people. Okay. Uh, but I look at it as I have 14,816 bosses. Yeah, pretty much. Right? Yeah. And yeah. one of the more challenging things is, uh, and I've had to sort of come to terms with, is I won't be able to make all my bosses happy. No. I'll just have to do my best, you know, with the tools and the information I have and uh, and sort of live with the fact that some of those people will never be happy with, with the job that we're doing. And that's tough. That was really... Yeah. When we... My family, my wife and I especially, when we were sort of mulling over whether or not I should run for mayor back in 2013, that's something that we had to consider. Mm. Like, are we ready for people to hate us for doing the right thing? on, like, which is, it's nutty because, like, based on nothing really, like, you're not a horrible, like, like, for somebody to hate you, like, you're not coming over to their house and popping all the tires on their car exactly like i can't that's what i don't understand it's like i can't really hate any i can't you can't hate a politician they're just doing what they think is right and in the best interest of everybody so you can't just like hate that person as a human being unless they're a dirtbag human being (laughs) sure and like sometimes people can be betrayed at that but like if yeah, if somebody got to know you, actually, like if a hater came up to Sean Mack in your real life and you chatted with them, they wouldn't hate you anymore, I don't think. They'd be, it'd be harder to, for sure. Right? Yeah, for yeah. the most part, you're right. You know, some people are just really dedicated to hating and, and they they feel like, like to, some people feel like, like to go to bed angry. Yeah. Oh, some people, yeah. Some people, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wish people, I wish more people thought like you did, though, because for local politics anyway, mm-hmm. I've never met, and I've met a whole lot of elected officials from communities across Canada. Yeah. Uh, I've never met a person who didn't want to do well for their community. Yeah. You know, the people get involved in politics to try and make a positive difference. 
Uh, obviously, we don't always agree with the decisions that they make, mm-hmm. but I, I wish more people would understand that like that person's actually trying to make a positive difference. Yeah, they're actually trying to do the right thing, but we disagree all the time on what the right thing is or what the right direction is, right? Yeah. So even more broadly, like provincially and federally, you know, whether you're on the left side of the political spectrum or the right or somewhere in the middle, all it is is different ideas of what the best thing to do is, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And if you look at it that way, I think it kind of helps to to humanize the people involved. Yeah. Because, you know, if it's, if it's politicians or lawyers or, you know, pick a, a maybe insurance, uh, people tend to dehumanize those people and treat them as, uh, you know, um, I don't know, faceless, nameless people with no emotions or families or backgrounds. Mm-hmm. They hate the idea, so they, they take that hate and put it on the person. And It's too bad. That yeah. takes good people out of politics. Mm-hmm. I've seen some people maybe only serve one term because yeah. they just get worn out by the, the haters. And mm-hmm. in the age of social media... You know, those people can get feel anonymous and like there's no consequences and uh, take out good folks, which is unfortunate. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. It, it'd be it'd be hard because like it'd be like reading the comments on the YouTube page. Yeah. That's some I just don't understand. It's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you're not going to find life in there. No. The struggle, though, is, you know, if that YouTube video is about you specifically mm-hmm. or maybe about the organization or body or whatever that you've poured your life into. Yeah. You're going to read those comments. Mm-hmm. And like I like you know we just said you're not going to find yeah. life in yeah. there, right? Yeah. So it's sort of like uh, I don't know if it if it's fair to to call it an addiction, but you're compelled to read that cuz you want to know how people feel about the decisions yeah. you're making, right? I guess that's fair. And then you just always just got to go into that knowing that like some people are just not going to like it no matter what. Exactly. Unless yeah. you like somehow say like everybody's getting 100 grand just cuz just cuz they live in Silver. <laughs> yeah. That everybody would like that. Yeah. Except for the people who are like, "Wait a minute. That's our money. That doesn't work." Yeah, yeah. totally. So it's tough, you know. I th- I feel maybe like um, elected representatives or maybe people from bigger cities like Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, Montreal, Mm -hmm. uh, Vancouver, it'd be easy for them to say, oh, you know, there's a million or four million people in my community. Some of them are bound to to disagree with me or not like me. Yeah. When you're in a community of 15,000, you know, uh, you're going to see those people in the grocery store or at the beach or at church or whatever. And it's more difficult, I think, uh, when you're bound to run into them, mm-hmm. uh, to accept that they're not going to like you for making the decision that you thought was the best one. You yeah. Know? Have you ever had somebody come up and just publicly call you out and be like, why did you do this? Or you know, why did you do this? thankfully, no. Okay. Uh, usually, if somebody's going to come and give me both barrels, it's right. uh, either it starts with an email. Okay. Uh, but... Uh, or, or maybe a social media comment. Mm-hmm. And then I'm the one trying to make that in-person uh, meeting. Say, well, come meet me at my office or call me on the phone. Yeah. Because like you mentioned before, once once somebody connects what might be an anonymous personality to, in their eyes yeah. to an actual person For sure. that has a son and a daughter and a wife and, and turns out I live a block and a half away from you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it humanizes things, and then I, people yeah. realize, like, oh, okay, well, I don't like your decision on, you know, fill in the blank here, mm-hmm. but I do realize you're trying to do the right thing. And most of the time, people come around. You just need that person-to-person connection. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it is a funny thing. Hey, like people can hide behind the computer and like throw mud if they want to. Yeah, which is kind of sad. But you know. it is. You know what's interesting though is it's a it's a look into our subconscious as well, mm-hmm. right? Like it's 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 sort of like what do you do when you think no one's watching? Yeah. And for those people who are hating online, yeah. Well, they hate online. For sure. Right? Like they, and maybe something, obviously something has hurt them or, or made them angry in some way. Yeah. But uh, that's what they do when when uh, they think there's no consequences to their actions. And yeah. uh, so for better or for worse, that's kind of like a, an insight into our society to say, okay, if you're anonymous, mm-hmm. then what would you do? It's kind of asking like an elementary school student, if you could pick a superpower, what would it be? Yeah, yeah, right? Would right. it be flying or would it be invisibility or could you breathe underwater? And that answer will give you some insight into what's going on in their minds. For right? sure. yeah. So for those people who have dedicated themselves to spreading hate online, yeah. honestly, I hope they find joy because there's there's something going on in their lives that have made them angry that way. Mm-hmm. And how cool would it be if they just woke up and they weren't angry anymore? That would be great. Like, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. So you kind of got into, not into politics per se completely, but you started down the path just by um, lobbying for a skateboard. Skateboarding got me into politics. That's so crazy. Really? That's awesome. (laughs) Good connection we just made. Totally. (laughs) Um, How do you find the process, like, because now Sylvan has a brand new skate park, which is top drawer. Woo! Right? So what was your involvement in that? And um how how did you find it like that's i think that's cool that somebody after you spoke to whatever recognized like hey this guy's got the gift of the gab or whatever it is right or a good a good presence when speaking about because it's like it's like youth focused right like no i don't like calling them at risk youth but it's like it's kind of at risk youth because it's like a cheaper thing to get into and sometimes the the parents that are the parents of a young skateboard kid are a little bit hands off, not yeah. like not like a hockey mom would be or a hockey family because it's more of an involved thing. Skateboarding is like, hey, here's your skateboard, here's a skateboard, and you go. I'll be back in eight hours. Right, right. Yeah. So the, they can be prone to get into more trouble, per se. So kind yeah. of at risk, but you know. Well, I think that's a good comparison. Like you, you meant to hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, growing up in Sylvan Lake in the eighties and nineties. Uh, hockey is really the number one sport at the time. Yeah, yeah. Soccer was starting to make a, an introduction. You know, baseball was around, but uh, hockey was number one, mm-hmm. right? And um, that was a big factor in why we decided to open Incline or why we decided to uh, build that skate park was, okay, there is obviously a group of, of youth who aren't served by hockey or who don't play soccer or team sports aren't for them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there is skateboarding and BMX happening all around the community. You know, maybe these people should have a facility to be able to do that at. So, yeah. uh, you know, skate parks are important. Uh, and, you know, it's funny because sometimes skate parks can get a bad rap. Oh, yeah. But you put people together in any area and the, um, uh, the actions of those people are going to be concentrated in that area. Mm-hmm. So if it's whether that's good actions or, or you know, actions that don't affect other people at all or bad actions. That's, yeah. that's where they're going to happen. For sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's cool that there's like, that there's guys involved in 
in skateboarding that have a good sense of community. Mm-hmm. I feel like that takes a while to develop in people, like special, especially like kind of around here because people are sort of transient and come here for work and don't really have any sort of um, invested interest mm-hmm. in the city that they live in. And you, I see that. I feel like I see that a lot with like cities like. White Court or Grand Prairie or whatever. It's just all basically work and people hate to go there because of that. And, mm-hmm. But, like, the people that live there and are invested in there love it, right? right. Same with Red Deer. Like, I love it, man. Like, we, I just I just did an interview with a dude um, yesterday and he loves it. He's like, I, he's like, I love Red Deer. It's cool, man. It's got everything. Like, there's hidden gems that people don't know about and it's got everything you need and the people are great. And he's, he said, especially like if you want to get into bad stuff, there's easily, you could go down that road. Mm-hmm. But if you surround yourself with good, positive people, there's tons of those too. Absolutely. It takes, I think it takes time to get people invested into the community for sure. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about with skateboarding with like the guys that are in it now around here and yourself, they like see that it's a good positive thing like outlet for kids to do stuff right? mm-hmm. so well, i think you'll you'll find those stories uh um from you know people like us for instance that mm-hmm. can say well i look back and you know if i didn't have skateboarding at that time of my life or for myself if i didn't oh, yeah. have bmx at that time of my life mm-hmm. then i would have gotten into trouble or i saw somebody else get into trouble because they didn't have that yeah. and that's when you realize like wait a second boy if this can help me then it can help other people yeah. And it makes those community champions, or, or I, I call them community builders, yeah. who say like, okay, I, I want this sort of positive influence to be there for somebody else, not just myself. Mm-hmm. And that, that really, those are the building blocks of community right there. Yeah. The rest of it is just learning how, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but that heart to say, I want to help out someone else the way that I was helped out. Yeah. I mean, that was this, that's the start of a million different movements. Whether it's you know for skateboarding or some effort in politics or or rights or whatever, it's just one person saying I want to I want to help somebody else do uh, something positive like someone helped. Yeah, me, right for sure. Yeah. How did um how did Incline come about? Like what was your what was your role in that and like how how did it all happen? Yeah, Incline was amazing. Uh, and uh, started doing that back in two thousand and five. Okay. And uh, it was um, an effort to reach out to youth in our community who were not reached by other programs and stuff. You know, like maybe these like kids who were not interested in youth group, mm-hmm. kids who weren't already in a hockey team or a soccer team or whatever. Sort of like uh, those, you know, you could describe them as fringe people. The skateboarders, the BMXers, the punk rockers. Yeah. The people who, uh, you know... If you were at a, I don't know, the arena at a hockey game or whatever, you'd see them across the parking lot and wonder, like, nah, I wonder what they're doing. <laughs> you know? Kids doing yeah, exactly, right? Why so we saw, so we really wanted to reach out to those people and give them a place where they could be themselves mm-hmm. and give them a home, uh, you know, that they could be comfortable in. And that was really the heart behind Incline. So we found a building in Sylvan Lake. We were shopping for a long time and uh, found this great place that was just a block away from the high school. Yeah. And built a skate park inside of it and made sure that the design of the skate park could be changed into a stage for live concerts. Yeah. And we basically just did life with the youth from our community. And uh, it ended up making like this, this great difference in a lot of kids' lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
those kids, as I call them now, are in their mid to late 20s, you know, and uh, Incline is still open today. I left there in 2011. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, when you've got a a caring adult uh, who's willing to invest time in uh, in a youth and say, like, I believe in you, even if you don't believe in yourself, here are some of the life skills that have helped me out in life. Uh, They're going to be better off for it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we had with Incline. We had a group of, of really caring adults, like really caring and people who are willing to put their money on the line as well to yeah. say, you know, we're going to invest in these, in these youth because they're worth it. And, um, that's, that's what incline was all about. That's, uh, that was the start of it. And I'm happy to say that even after I left in 2011, because I got involved in politics and the schedules were conflicting because oh, no, most of the council meetings are in the evening and most of what we did at incline was in the evening as well. Yeah. Uh, so we parted ways in 2011, but it's still open today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Joel was part of it yeah. uh, as I was exiting there. And um, now they've got this great guy in there named Dan Jensen who really cares. And I feel like he could do more with it than I did. Yeah, like, and you yeah. could just see his heart. Good kid. Yeah, yeah, he cares so much about youth. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm so happy I got that time in my life where I was able to be involved in Incline and and. I, I don't know that people who are not involved in skateboarding, BMX, and 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 rock music mm-hmm. would would understand the opportunity that it can afford uh, to reach kids and to help them navigate those difficult teenage years and give them some life skills. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it's a cool it's a cool facility, man. Like you do, I do skate lessons there still every Monday, which is all that's, your fault. Yeah, that's awesome. Which is sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it's been like three years now. Three or four years of doing them. Wow, it's pretty cool. Yeah, went through like four. What are the what's the guy's title? The recreation director. Oh, okay, like four different ones of those. I'm like, <laughs> maybe I should get that job. I'm oh man, is it Jordan now? Is that who's working with you? Or? Um, crap, Trevor. Oh, Trevor. Trevor yes. Killam. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's that's sweet. awesome. Yeah, it's great though, man. I really. Yeah, I appreciate like especially having the space to do it and like it's it's a cool it's a cool thing to like teach skateboarding to kids. It's hard, but it's like it's super rewarding to see a kid like learn a trick, like oh. dropping on a ramp or like do an ollie or even do a kick turn. Like that's epic. Well, it gives you such confidence. Yeah. And uh I mean I love that you're there teaching kids to do this because if there's not that um community building caring adult like that mm. you represent now, yeah. you know then skateboarding's hard. Mm -hmm. And I think it's easy for somebody to give it a try and, you know, check their deck and hit hit the ground and be like, you know what? I'm going to do something easier. Scooter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's boy scooters. Uh, But, uh, you know, I'm grateful that you're there doing that because, um, you know, that ability to to pick yourself up off the ground and try again uh, that is going to serve them for the rest of their lives, you know, to totally have that yeah. ability to, to fail and keep going. That's usually what I start the first day, first talk of the first lesson with is like skateboarding is, it teaches you life lessons, totally. kids. like perseverance. Cause I'm like, honestly, life is super hard. And especially as you get older, you'll be like, ah, oh, this sucks. Like and you want to <laughs> quit everything you do. And like, it's terrible. 
you're going to want to quit your job when it gets hard and you're going to want to do this and do that. But like, if you stick with it, like skateboarding teaches you because it's rewarding to do something, to like mm-hmm. land a trick that you worked on for so long, there's nothing like it. Totally. There's no other feeling like it. It's crazy. Absolutely. So I'm like, yeah, teach you perseverance. That's great. said it nice. With Chris Rock, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. That, you know, that was one cool thing. I mean, Seinfeld's obviously a funny guy. He's got a big influence. But, you know, for a guy who's got nothing to do with skateboarding, yeah. to say, like, you know, those skateboard kids, they're going to be all right. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's crazy. I watched that clip so many times. Like, he gets it. He knows. He totally knows what's up. Yeah. 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 yeah it's just let them just let him be. Do their thing. They're going to be fine. Wow. Just yeah, that's cool. But it really differs from, like, the popular social opinion of, of skateboarders, right? I know. So, yeah. yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, now it's going to be in the Olympics. Yeah, it's that's... pretty insane. I know it's controversial for, for people who like skateboarding. Of course, it's so individual. It's kind of been mm-hmm. this counterculture movement. But I look at um, BMX freestyle and yeah. skateboarding are both going to the Olympics. And the ability that that has... BMX. Yeah, so BMX racing so, got in a couple so times ago. Yeah, uh, freestyle is going in now, and then skateboarding as well. I think it represents this opportunity for more people to be able to get into the sport. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you know, I don't know if you remember when snowboarding made it into the Olympics. Oh yeah, but it was a really big deal. Yeah, and I think exposed the sport to so many more people around the world. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, it's I, I I mean, from my perspective, it's one of the most popular sports out there. So. If it can do the same thing for BMX and skateboarding, which I don't know about how you feel about it, but it seems to be this kind of culture that goes up and down and popularity and, and viability for the businesses who are involved in it. Yeah. I think it's really cool it's going to the Olympics, especially when you see, uh, you know, skateboarding magazines go under like happened this month. Yeah, Transworld's done now. Transworld skateboarding, like an establishment of the skateboard scene for my whole life, basically. Me too, absolutely. Is gone. Yeah. And, um, Ride BMX, same thing. Oh no way! It's gone now too, oh, wow. and uh, and not just the print, like the whole establishment. Oh really? Yeah, and uh, wow, it's crazy. Hmm. So hopefully the Olympics can give it sort of like a boost, and and see more people get into it because it really has the ability to help yeah. change people's lives for the better. Yeah, it it gives me a reason to like tune into the Olympics. Actually. For sure. Like I don't know, man. I'm not. <laughs> What's that one sport? Cross country ski, ski, and then shoot something. Biathlon, <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally, yeah. That's a Seinfeld thing, dude. How many Alpine snipers are into this? <laughs> <laughs> to me, he's like, to me, that makes as much sense as like swimming and strangling people. Just <laughs> have a guy in the pool, you swim a length, strangle him, and then swim back. Tropical survival skills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what they're breeding there. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy. No, it'll be sweet, man. Like lots of people. I don't know. I think some people are on the fence. Like, some people want skateboarding to go back to just being lame. Like, skateboarding's not a crime. Like, be kind of, like, on the edge again. Mm -hmm. And I kind of understand that to an extent, but it's good exposure. And I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, oh, we need to get these skateboarder kids paid and blah, blah, blah. And, like, I kind of agree with that, too. It's like, they're talented athletes. Mm -hmm. And, like, skateboarding is not like it was before like these dudes that do it now are like athletes man they're insane they train off the board too, right. like muscle like muscle wise and flexibility mm-hmm. and they're hurting themselves for a paycheck yeah and you have a pretty short window as a pro skateboarder too maybe well some of the old guys have been pro forever but like the 
young kids that are coming up, they have a small window to like make it. So yeah, it's for sure. Get them paid. Why not? Especially when you're talking about like the big contests and stuff. Oh yeah. Like you know, every now and then you'll see a, a 14 year old or a 16 year old, and it'll really yeah. blow your mind. But then, unless you're among the very top skateboarders in the world, mm-hmm. you know, you look at three years later, and where are these? Yeah, they vanish. People, right? It's kind of nuts. And it's kind of interesting, like you talk about the old days of skateboarding and, and even like the earlier competitions, when when skateboarding was new and fresh, it was it was new culture, it was counterculture. Mm-hmm. And today I would say, and this this might offend some some skateboarder purists out there, <laughs> yep. but that's kind of what's happening with online gaming right now. Oh yeah. Like people are getting sponsorships and even scholarships to university. Actually, yeah, which is that doesn't make sense, but Totally. Yeah. But it's the hot new thing right now, mm-hmm. right? And 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 skateboarding is put in this interesting position of being this sport that's been around for decades and decades. For sure. And what are we going to do to sort of keep it fresh, keep it alive and relevant mm-hmm. in the world? And so that's where I'm hoping the Olympics uh, is going to help to to rise things up because even you know, talking about skateboard pop culture in the last couple decades. Yeah. We can't just rely on the X Games mm-hmm. or Trans World mm-hmm. to, to keep things fresh. Now it's up to people to innovate and, and make it real again. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, hopefully the Olympics helps to do that. Yeah. yeah. Did you take part in the Canada Games stuff at all? I didn't really get a chance to be to be in there like some of my friends got to be, which was super cool. Yeah. I got to see the closing ceremonies. Oh, cool. And... Uh, you know, caught some of the highlights online. Went to the Strumbellas concert. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, I went to that too. That was lots of fun. And cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the thing, right, is it was in the deep freeze. Yeah. Right? Like so many consecutive days where either or the actual temperature or the wind chill was below minus 30. Yeah. Like, great. gosh, it's so cold. Best days ever. I did also get to run the torch. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, nice. It came through Sylvan Lake. And the wind chill was way was below minus thirty, <laughs> and uh, we ran the torch through Sylvan Lake. And the cold weather meant that the streets weren't lined with people or anything, mm-hmm. but there were still lots of diehards out there who wanted yeah. to see it happen. And it was really cool. Yeah, that's sweet. What about uh, Shake the Lake? Shake the Lake is that kind of your baby? Like, were you the guy that was like, "We should do this"? Well, and then like pitched it, and then I was part of the, the and... yeah, I was part of the trio that helped to to dream it up and mm-hmm. get it off the ground it was uh myself and uh darcy fullerton yep. and craig seifert mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately both those guys yeah. passed yeah. away yeah. it was really crazy you know uh just for those of you who might know those guys uh they're amazing people oh, yeah. you know family guys who who uh, were christians they love jesus and uh were both involved in music and and rode motorcycles and wanted to do something greater for the community. And when the two of them passed away, obviously it was a huge blow to the people who knew and loved them. But also uh, it really made me nervous. I got to be honest because, Mm. you know, I'm a guy who loves action sports and music and, and rides a motorcycle. And, and, you know, so I, uh, I'm, you know, those guys losing them was so hard. Uh, But uh, yeah, Together, we were able to do this awesome thing called Shake the Lake. And the, the whole idea behind it was, you know, we, we knew of other festivals, like mm. uh, the Trauma Tour was one, yeah. or, or the, the Vans Warp Tour, or, or other things. And we thought, you know, we can do that. We can, we can create an action sports and music festival 
Uh, but it doesn't have to be full of stuff that you're going to have to cover your kids' eyes. Yeah. Uh, you know, or we wanted to make it open and accessible to everyone, uh, and we wanted to do it for free. Yeah. So pretty tall order, but, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Mm-hmm. And uh, between our friends and the people that we knew, we were able to uh, pull something together for the first time in 2008. Yeah. So uh, right. Craig Darcy and I pulled together. We, we met in March of 2008. And dreamt up this concept for Shake the Lake. And uh, by July, we were rolling. And it happened. And boy, uh, you know, when we met uh, you guys, we met up, linked up with uh, you and the Salvation Skate team and the ramps from, yeah. uh, is it Center Street Church in Calgary? Yeah, is I that think where they we came owned from? them at that time. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's where they came from. And so, like, that's what I mean, though, is we had to reach out in order mm-hmm. to make this happen. And suddenly we've got... A skate competition, a BMX competition. There was road hockey that first year. Yeah, that was sweet. There's road a climbing wall, yeah. live music. Uh, there was food, and uh, we, I guess, kind of realized that hey, well, you know, when when a bunch of people get together, and it wasn't a big group, but when a small group of people gets together, they decide they want to do something good. It, yeah, anything is possible. It's it seemed you know. Mm-hmm. So we started out that way in two thousand eight, and every year it got a little bigger and better mm-hmm. to the point where in um, was it two thousand ten or eleven, uh, more than ten thousand people came. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. and you know Juno nominated bands that's up right. there. Yeah, that's and, right. And uh, it turned into something so much bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it was you know uh, skateboarding and BMX live music were the center of it. But so was this this attitude and this desire as people who were Christians uh, to bless other people mm-hmm. with no strings attached, mm-hmm. which was also pretty controversial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, by, by no strings attached, I mean, you know, we weren't preaching the gospel. We weren't handing out Bibles. We just wanted to love people, and, and that's it. And then right. through the other things that we were involved with, with, you know, church or whatever, We'd establish that relationship and that trust to say that we're going to do what we said we were going to do, mm-hmm. and if and if that means that we said we were not going to preach or whatever, then we didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, so it was just really amazing. Uh, lots of people uh, would book their holidays around it. No way. Come from all over Western Canada. Yeah. We had one BMXer fly in from uh, the East Coast. Oh really? Uh, one came down from the Yukon. And then, yeah, BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, some from Ontario. Some pros from Ontario came out to ride the BMX contest. Oh, cool. That's sweet. It was just such a very cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I'm, I'm blessed, for sure. For sure. Is that kind of, um, was that the difference between, well, between your kind of vision for the community and the previous mayors? Because, like, the trauma tour and all that stuff is, like, more of a money grabbing type of thing whereas this is just like purely community building right like it's not no strings attached like you said right and and more of a family because like Sylvan is like a family town man it's it not, is now it's not like this crazy whatever it gets insane in the summertime but like everywhere does i guess too right but yeah it's it's not uh it's not the trauma tour yeah now, well it's right? funny you say that so back in 2008 when we separated the competition from the crowd with a snow fence, yeah, I don't know if you remember that, but it was like so such a far cry from where we ended up as mm-hmm. far as you know really uh, 
having a plan and, and putting on a real professional show. Yeah. When we started, we just did what we could with what we had, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. But uh, I remember judging the. I was one of the judges either for the skateboard competition or the BMX competition. Nice. Yeah. And the mayor at the time, her name was Susan. Yeah. Uh, she came up to the scaffolding that we were sitting on. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. And uh, and gave me the double handshake where she, you know, she shakes my hand with both of her hands. Yeah. And looks me in the eye and says. This is exactly what our community needs. Oh, sick. You yeah. you guys need to do this again next year. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, like we'd only been planning for three or four months, right? <laughs> and so here we are halfway through the event, and the mayor is saying, you need to do this again next year. Yeah. It was kind of one of those moments where everything else around you goes black, and the words echo, like, next year, next <laughs> yeah. year, next year. We're like, oh, no. And that was the first time I realized, like, we really have a successful thing on our hands. Yeah, and then yeah, that's why ever since then it, the festival got bigger and better, and, and mm-hmm. tried to do more and up uh, up the purse for mm-hmm. the prizes in skateboarding BMX, get bigger and better bands, and, and yeah. put on a, a more uh, organized professional show. And uh, so you know the the former mayor, the one that served before I did, actually had a really big hand in that's sweet in the expansion of Shake the Lake. So, yeah, yeah, it was super cool. Do you miss doing stuff like that? Because obviously you're so busy <sighs> now. Yeah, being the mayor of a bumping new community yeah or it'd be like is it even feasible to plan anything like that we've basically uh so here we are in 2019 yeah uh 2018 we basically made the decision to wind down shake the lake Mm -hmm. and and just sort of that chapter of our lives yeah uh and that was a really tough decision yeah because so much good came from it Mm -hmm. but like you say uh it wasn't just my life it was a lot of the core people in our in our group a lot of our lives got so busy where it was very difficult for us to to put on a three-day festival yeah, massive. and it takes it took all year to plan that stuff too yeah. right so uh yeah it uh we've we've wound it down mm-hmm. which was difficult but uh a big part of me is looking forward to what we can do next mm-hmm. so i'm dreaming about uh you know what are, what are we going to do? What kind of festival? What sort of big event are we going to do to draw people in? Yeah. I'm involved now in the uh, in the Optimist Club in Sullivan Lake at a, a, as a personal sort of that's my new serving the community uh, outlet. Okay. Yeah. And we're thinking of some cool events. Probably not in the skateboard and BMX world just yeah. yet. But um, yeah, there's always going to be, I think, that pull in me mm-hmm. to, to bring people together yeah. and have a good time. It's hard to like carry that or pass that vision along to a new group of people yeah. it seems like hey like we like we did the same sort of thing with hibernation and with like skateboard ministry like our hibernation was like completely we told people flat out that this is hibernation it's a christian skateboard thing we're doing altar calls this is what we're doing it's like very purposeful in like that realm mm-hmm. and it's it's hard to like get somebody else to like grab that vision and do something like that too, mm-hmm. right? Because like it's it t- it requires a ton of time, and it does seem like everybody's too busy for anything now. It's kind of bummer. But... Well, you know, it kind of makes me realize that it takes a special person mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. And when you're trying to pass <clears throat> something on to someone, uh, you know, saying that it's you're needing to find a special person narrows the field yeah and 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 it might not even be possible to find that person yeah but it also gives real kudos to the people who built that and maintained it Mm -hmm. like hibernation right like 
ton of work maintaining those ramps, pulling around the semi trailers, yeah. setting all that up, you know, and then on, on top of it, coming in there with ministry mm-hmm. and uh, and and trying to to bless those people's lives. Yeah, a crazy amount of work. Yeah, and I guess it's hard to find crazy people it, yeah. that 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 are that kind of crazy, you mm-hmm. know. And it's it's funny because like you don't really need to necessarily know exactly what you're doing. It's like we just sort of like, hey, this is what we're gonna do. Yes, we have this idea. We're going to do this with these ramps and put them up and invite kids. That's the plan. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good plan. I wish. You nothing, man. Like that's the, <laughs> that's the beauty in it though. And I kind of wish more people would realize that if you're just crazy enough to try it, mm-hmm. you're probably going to make a big difference in somebody's yeah. life. It'll probably do something. Right? It'll probably work out. Yeah. I mean like, I don't know if that's like a privileged thing to say or not, but I've watched uh, you do things and I've been involved in things. And, and, and if you listen to the creation story of, of any big thing, whether mm-hmm. it's Amazon or, yeah. or a small business or whatever, it's just somebody had an idea and yeah. wanted to work on it yeah. and, and see where it went. Yeah. Right. And uh, man, if more people had that sort of um, had that kind of guts, mm-hmm. we'd have a lot more, groundbreaking stuff out there yeah yeah like one day you said i'm gonna be the mayor of sylvan lake <laughs> yeah that's crazy like do you remember the moment where you're like hmm mayor sean mcintyre <laughs> eh? does it you get uh honorable are you honorable mr uh, mayor or so the, the official sort of prefix which is weird is uh your worship what I know, it's, no trip. It's so many years of like getting over that because it's so awkward, right? So if if someone is introducing a mayor in a formal setting, they'll say, you know, his worship Sean McIntyre, mayor of the town of Silver Lake, or her worship Tara Veer, mayor of the city of Red Deer. And yeah, it uh, is very awkward to sort of uh, yeah. get in. But I do remember that moment. Uh, I was 29 when I ran for mayor. Oh no, yeah, and okay. I, you know, I had my birthday in the middle of it. And was thirty by the time I got elected. Wow! But uh, you know, I ended up being the youngest mayor in Alberta. Just gonna ask, yeah. Yeah, at the time, right? Because obviously, a different age of people run historically. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, it was <coughs> it was really crazy, and uh, you know, I that's where I want to encourage people to go for it mm-hmm. because, um, you know, if you run for mayor or or council or you have a crazy idea for an event or or a way to help people. And it doesn't work. It's just experience. Yeah. You know, it might cost you something, whether it's financially or your ego or whatever it yeah. is. But in my mind, it's totally worth the risk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, if you've got that cool idea, I, I hope you go for it. You know, we've yeah. got friends who um, I look at um, uh, Chris with her uh, wedding dress yeah. uh, tailoring business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if she, if she wasn't brave to do it, I, I'm sure there was a piece of her saying, this is crazy, it's never going to work, don't mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. But if you sort of silence that voice and say, yeah, but it could work. Could work. And try it? Do it. Yeah. What do you know? You know, like now she's successful. And yeah. I just, I, I'm so inspired by people who do that, that it makes me look for opportunities yeah. to, uh, to do something so like that. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps going nice yeah like uh it's funny because like when anytime i see like the the 
election for the Red Deer people, there's always that one plywood sign, vote for Bob. Yeah. And I'm like, who the heck is Bob, dude? Like, who's this dude going to try to, like, run for mayor? And, like, it's fun. I would, I'd be lying if I didn't say, like, a couple times, I'm like, I should run for mayor. I have no idea. Yeah. Like, what that would be like or whatever. But I'm like, I like the idea of making a difference in my community on a grand scale. Totally. Like, I do, I totally, maybe one day it'll happen or whatever. But I think it's difficult, obviously. It's going to yeah. be hard to, like, get there. But there's a run-up. You know, anytime you're going to try something, you want to, you'll research it before you, you'll look before you leap, right? Yeah. So, uh, the I would say the precursor to running for mayor would be, uh, some service on council mm-hmm. and the precursor to service on council would be service on a local committee yeah. like a rec committee or something and that kind of one thing leads to another right you get that experience on a committee you learn about the ins and outs of what's required to run a city for instance yeah and then that gives you the ability to say no i think i'm ready for the next level i'm going to run for council mm-hmm. and then uh you know i'm going to run for mayor later on and yeah you know tara beard had a similar trajectory and and i was as well i tell people all the time that i volunteered my way into this position yeah by the time i ended up running for mayor and i didn't do it to build my resume Mm -hmm. but i i built i sorry i i volunteered for most of the groups in town right you know because they were doing something cool that i wanted to help with whether it was picking garbage out of the ditches on the highway or i remember filling sandbags when i was uh, a boy scout or uh you know, uh, opening up incline or bottle drives for the football team for their jerseys. You know, a couple hours here, a couple hours there makes a difference in the short term immediately, mm-hmm. but also gives you this network of people who know oh, who man. you are. 100%. You know, yeah. they know that you're in it for the right reasons and you're yeah. not just trying to climb a ladder. Yeah, it's cool. I think people would, would see through that if somebody's just doing all this stuff, right? Like, yeah. Like, oh, their heart's not really in it. They're just trying to pad their resume and get to whatever you know i've seen elections and uh where people have run a campaign and it looks pretty slick Mm. you know their signs are uh very nice and they say all the right things yeah but then you get down to the nitty-gritty and you ask them like well you know where have you volunteered before or you know uh, what 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 do you really want to be here Mm -hmm. and the people see through that sort of superficial stuff to say i you know what uh, this person you know i i don't think they they put their money where their mouth is or their mm-hmm. or work with their hands to say that i really love this community looks like they might just want you know that authority that comes with elected official position yeah and i've seen people like make me so proud mm-hmm. because i can spot it yeah. And then I, I, I worry, you know, I wonder if other people will see that, that you know, what I see. Mm-hmm. And then they end up as like a footnote on the ballot. Like they get so few votes. Oh, yeah. And then the person who wrote, who ran the plywood sign campaign, yeah. but really had their heart into it. And they had that experience of helping other people for years before they gave it a try. Yeah. They're successful. For sure. It's cool. It's really yeah. cool to see. Do you think that in elections that people are able to access enough info to make an educated vote or do you think well that part and then do you think there's a large percentage that are just like that guy's got the biggest sign and the most signs and you like some days that's how i feel about it because it's so hard to find 
actually like a statement that this person has made about what they would do like mm-hmm. that's i'd rather have like a sound bite or a youtube video or something you could be like click teravir what does she want to do click whoever the next dude is or whatever right like yep. instead of like all these stupid signs yeah i'm not a fan of the sign yeah oh election sign it there is such a thing as sign pollution so oh, i yeah. totally get what you're saying there my advice to people is to attend a debate yeah uh you know book off that evening and and go because in my in my experience there's really no better test of the candidates than them being faced with questions that they were not prepped for beforehand Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh because election times they're really like drinking from the fire hose you know you've got this very small amount of time yeah and maybe you've got 28 people running for council they're all trying to tell you huge. what they want. Yeah. And I, I, I sympathize for, for anybody trying to make a decision out of that because it takes a long time. And I think that's why we see one reason why we see voter apathy. You know, people, yeah. who, they don't have the time or, you know, or, or they feel like they don't have the time to, to make that uh, educated decision to say, no, this person is the best one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my advice is to go to a debate, listen to them talk. Because if you don't know them at all, that mm-hmm. will give you at least an introduction to who they are. That's not polished, you know. Yeah. Uh, that not pre like not so rehearsed that you can tell it's rehearsed. Mm-hmm. So you know you're at a at a debate, you're gonna get an off question yep. that they never anticipated, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, what's your position on decline cats? And they're like, whoa, what? This is not about water or sewer or red lights or or photo radar. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? But it'll give you sort of a insight into who they are and what they really think. Mm-hmm. So that's the other. But uh, I, I do think that in an election campaign, it's difficult to tell what is, uh, you know, coming from their heart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of the time it's like you just see a sign. I feel like. Okay, that's a nice sign. Oh, they got lots of signs. Must be doing something right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People go. I'm sure they didn't go put them signs up themselves. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's... Cool thing too, though, in the in the age of technology that we're in as well, if you can't make it to a debate, usually so you're able to find a video after. of the debate. Yeah. So, but being there in person, you know, there's there's no substitute for it. Like, mm-hmm. I I hope that. Be cool. I'd like to go check one out in real life. Yeah, usually the Chambers of Commerce in, in Canada will host a debate for the local candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, book off a couple hours. Should. Yeah. Have you thought about, um, like, if you're how, – how, how much longer are you going to be mayor for? And then what do you figure you want to do after that? If yeah. That comes up? You know, those are big questions. Okay. Uh, so the next election is October 2021. Okay. So still like two and three quarter years away. Yeah. So right now, I'm totally focused on the job I have today. Uh, the reality in politics is every four years, the people, you get to decide if you want to run again. For sure. And the people get to decide if they want you to serve again. Yeah. Right? But right now, there's so much work to do in, in the middle that I'm not thinking about mm-hmm. uh, the next election. But I do hope uh, that people who aren't yet involved in politics are thinking about it Mm -hmm. and they're wondering if they're going to put their name forward because uh, we really need fresh people who are honest and brave Mm -hmm. uh, to put their names forward because uh, you know it's the people who are there 
that show up yeah. that are going to make the decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you feel like you thought a decision should go a different way, uh, the very best thing you can do is to get involved yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I would start researching now, yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah. Uh, that way you can make the call maybe a year out and start preparing for things. Because uh, the election campaigns for local elections are really only like five weeks long. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess, eh? Yeah. But there's prep that happens before then. So I'm not thinking about the next election yeah. yet, but I hope well, I, I hope people it. are. Yeah, you for know? sure. Yeah. What's a typical mayor day like? Like, you do courses still, obviously, to make sure you're up with what's happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. so you wake up, go to the office bunch of meetings i'm seeing yes stuff like that yeah Yeah. so i tell people my schedule is every weekday most weeknights and some weekends (laughs) (laughs) and uh, it's really crazy like a 40 hour week for me would be a really slow week oh what yeah that's crazy uh so i'll uh i i'm happy though that most of my meetings don't start until 9 a.m that's great uh most now some some start earlier some start at eight some some are in the other side of the country, so yeah. I've got to you know fly there, but um, oh, okay. that happens rarely. That happens usually once a year. Oh, that's still cool though. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. but uh, my typical day is I get to drop my kids off at school in the morning, Beauty. which is wonderful. Yeah. I get into the office about quarter to nine, and I start uh, reading my emails and uh, checking social media for messages, what people are asking about the community, what they need help with, mm-hmm. and then usually I'll have a meeting with a staff member. Uh, whether that's uh, the assistant to mayor and council or the chief administrative officer because there's some important issue in town or it's our regular check-in. Right. Uh, and then uh, it's usually scheduling meetings after that and then, yeah. uh, you know, penciling in my calendar to make sure that it works right. And then that brings you up to lunchtime. In the afternoon, I'm typically meeting with uh, someone from the community who has a concern or or another staff member who's got something to present or I get a chance to catch up on my own work in the office. Mm-hmm. And then it's dinner time, and then typically in the evening, it's like a committee meeting. So it's either a council meeting, a committee of the whole, or or say uh, the um, uh, you know committee that's dealing with grants or events or uh, development in the community. And, and so, yeah, lots of... Uh, I'm in the office typically nine to five, unless I'm away at some other meeting. Yeah. And then uh, most weeknights there's something going on with council, whether it's public engagement or a committee meeting. And then on the weekend it's normally uh, events, public events. Yeah. Or this weekend, for instance, we had a strategic planning meeting with council. We do that every year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a it's a crazy hectic life. Yeah, that would be intense. Yeah, it's a marathon, but you have to run it like it's a sprint because mm-hmm. there's always so much to do. Yeah. Yeah. Seems insane, like, cause like, like when something major comes up and the city's got to be like, hey, we got to decide what we're doing about plowing the road. Yep. Or the lakefront. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Like, how? What does that look like? Like, somebody brings an idea and you're like, hey, research it, and then everybody gets together and votes, or how does it go? Yeah, well, for most things, we'll have a policy that governs that area. So, mm-hmm. right now, we have a policy that governs development of the lakefront. We have a policy that dictates when we plow the snow and at what trigger levels we have for okay. compact snow or fresh snow or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But those policies also have to be built. Yeah. And refreshed every couple of years. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the bigger jobs that council does. So we're going to review snow uh, plowing coming up here over the next couple of months. 
because it was a big deal here uh, this winter. Yeah. And uh, same thing for lakefront development. We actually just went through a huge uh, process called Reimagine Sylvan. Oh, nice. That was all about what should the next 20 years look like in the downtown. Yeah. And awesome. uh, yeah, so and we involved the community. It took us a year oh, wow. to say, you know, these are the concepts. These are the ideas that we have. Yeah. How do you feel? And uh, so it's funny because... When I'm talking about this stuff, it's actually really exciting to me because I think I, it's exciting. Yeah, I know the implications as well. Yeah, like absolutely. this is future, uh, you know, for the next 20 years, these are the ideas that we're going to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think for someone who is less interested, it, it could possibly be the most boring thing. Yeah, it could ever. Be. <laughs> I think it's cool because like it's 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 good to know that there's somebody who's pumped to do it. Yeah. In your it, like that's you. You're yeah. the dude, and you're like yes. Like you have you have a young kid, you have a family, you know tons of people that have families, so it's like this is what it's gonna look like for the future of our children at yeah. least, right? That's oh, man. I think that's dope. See, I it's love long time long term thinking. Yeah, I've got a big smile on my face right now because <laughs> I really do love that stuff when I yeah. recognize the impact uh, that it has. And the other thing about it too is, you know, I've got this idea of what I hope the community will look like thirty, forty, fifty years from today. Mm-hmm. And the people who come in after me, whether that's in the next election or some election down the road, yeah. instead of starting from scratch, they're going to have to start with the ideas we had today yeah. and decide whether they want to do the same or something different. Right. And for me, that is, is really cool because yeah. we got a group of people right now who this is so important to them. They care about this so much. Mm-hmm. They really have their heart uh, into it. And... Um, you know, they're trying to make the best decisions they can for our community. Yeah. So somebody else who comes along is going to have to say like, okay, these are ideas that, that, that group of people came up with. Do we want to keep it the same or do we want to make small changes or big changes, but they'll still have to start with those ideas that we created, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be messy. Cause like, yeah, like the, the ideas are good ideas. You'd hope. Yeah, hopefully, like, yeah, right? Hopefully everybody, like, Time will tell. Like, yeah. That'd be the hardest thing. Because, like, some sometimes people's vision, they're just different visions. Yeah. And the, the passion levels are the same. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you navigate those things, like, clashing of vision, right? Like, that's got to be difficult. See, the cool thing, you're, you're totally right. And we're faced with those monumentally difficult decisions all the time. Mm-hmm. But this is where our values help to, to direct where we're going to go. Yeah. Right? So in any level of government, and local government is a good example as well. Oftentimes, you're sort of measuring one person's rights against another's. Mm-hmm. Or one group's right against another's. Or one person's right to develop their property versus the effect it may have mm-hmm. on another person. So there's always this sort of... Uh, I don't want to call it a balance because it doesn't always end up 50-50, but mm-hmm. it forces you to think of, okay, what is the impact on the people around you? Yeah. What is the impact uh, 20 years from now, mm-hmm. right? And so if you have values that, that, that sort of reinforce in you that those people matter, their lives matter, then it really kind of ups the stakes in those decisions mm-hmm. and drives you to uh, make more... A finite decisions. So instead of just yeah, just paint it black. Like, For sure. Okay. Well, actually, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna paint this area black and maybe more of a mauve. Would be appropriate. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, 
you know, in those difficult times, uh, your values really help to determine your trajectory. Yeah. And uh, that's one thing I learned in municipal government as well is if you ever come by a black and white decision, you and like lucky. stop. You're like, wow, this is, the best. This is an easy one. <laughs> oh, and wow. I tell you, those are rare, really rare. No kidding. Yeah. When um, when Sylvan won the craft hockey bill thing, oh. what was that like, man? Because like that's pretty massive. That's like a Canada wide, right? It contest. was so incredible. And like, yeah, how much uh, how much pull do you have and stuff like that as as far as like making the community aware and yeah, all that stuff. Well, that was really my job okay. in in the in the hockeyville campaign was making the community aware yeah. and trying to. Uh, sort of unify them to pursue this goal mm -hmm. and you know it came at such a time you know uh, the arena had just collapsed yeah uh, you know we had a record snowfall and uh, you know it was surprising to all of us and the community was looking for a way to help mm -hmm. and at that time and just in the in the age that we live in it's not something where people could just uh, um, put on a hard hat and steel toes and come down and, and help out. Yeah. Uh, you know, the professionals needed to do that. There was investigations that needed to occur. Yeah, I'm kidding. So ways that they could help were with a click of a mouse. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, it was an incredible process. Schools were voting. Businesses were shutting down and, and lending their computers to their oh, no staff way. to say, you should vote for this. And it wasn't just... this button. Four thousand times. Yeah, and, and, uh, it's like from four o'clock till nine o'clock at night, <laughs> you are clicking this button. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you know, like uh, businesses would say for you know from four to five, this is what we're doing. That's awesome. Uh, and schools would say we're going to open up our computer lab all night long. Oh wow! And people are going to come in and vote. And it was Sylvan Lake, Red Deer, Eckville, Bentley, Rocky Mountain House, you know, and and it spreaded. It spread across the way bigger area than we would have ever thought. Hmm. Uh, people really came to our aid when we really needed it. And our yeah. community came together like I've never seen before. Hmm. And I had always dreamed of seeing something like that, yeah. uh, where everybody had this all, you know, all for one and one for all attitude. And uh, massive. Hockeyville was it. Yeah. And so what was, you know, what's really interesting about that is it was massive community effort. At the heart of it, there was a core group of people were volunteering like every waking moment to making sure that this yeah. went this way and i was happy to be part of that group of about a dozen people who were who were who were doing that yeah um what's funny about it though is the contest they advertised it as this is all about a hundred thousand dollars to help mm -hmm. you know build uh, or improve your arena well the project that we were working on was more like 37 million dollars. I know 100 grand gets you nothing. The, you know we appreciated every penny. Oh, it's but massive. it did not like make or, or break it. Yeah. But I tell you you couldn't have given our community 10 million dollars mm -hmm. to equal the amount of community spirit that was generated from that whole thing. Oh yeah. You know and uh, and the NHL game was awesome. That's cool. Uh, the 100,000 dollars was so appreciated but you know, whether you were a quilter or a soccer player, a sailor, uh, mm. you know, a skateboarder, it didn't matter. You were pulling together for the sake of community. Yeah. And uh, I, to this day, if I'm having a hard day and I need to go to a community event and, and represent us, and that means I need to be optimistic, I'll go back and I'll watch those videos oh, sweet. from 2014. And it'll remind me, oh, this is what is 
possible when we yeah. work together and all that. That's awesome. Do you use like a plaque or anything? Or do yeah, we got a uh, framed photo. We actually built a replica Hockeyville trophy. Oh, sick. Uh, that The original one is, I'd say, about 16 inches by 16 inches and, and, and maybe two feet tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the replica that we built is like four feet by four feet and six <laughs> feet tall. That's awesome. And uh, now, whenever a Western Canadian community is in the finals, we'll actually stick that trophy in the back of a truck and drive it out to them. Oh, cool! And help encourage their community. So last year we did it for uh, High River. Yeah, we right. Yeah, drove it down there and, yeah. and helped encourage them. And uh, you know, I guess it all speaks to the value of community Mm -hmm. and i tell people all the time uh, we're in this together whether we like it or not yeah so we may as well be in it together uh you know on purpose Mm -hmm. and try and achieve some things yeah whether you win or lose and i i remember the hockeyville process and every night it got to that point where they were going to announce who carried on the contest and who was eliminated yeah and i would tell everybody we have already won yeah. Like, look around the room. We're all united. We're all pushing in the same direction. Yeah. Whether we move on in the contest or not, we're the winners mm-hmm. uh, because of because of this community that has uh, has been developed through it. And uh, and it was true. To get actually crowned Hockeyville oh, yeah. was just amazing. Yeah. I look back on the video today. It's still, and it's incredible. Did they show you like how big of a margin you win? by at all yes was it massive or was it you know it was uh i can't remember it was uh both communities so it was us and and kingston was it kingston oh man i i i'm sorry if i got it wrong but both each each community got millions of votes Hmm. uh and i think the margin was 100 or 100,000 in there so that was a lot but not in the scope of 4.7 million Mm-hmm. You know, so each community really dug deep, and uh, the other community also got a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, nice! They just didn't get the NHL hockey game, right? You know, yeah, so right. Uh, there's still a ton another, of community built. That's another cool community building thing, like <sighs> an NHL hockey game at the arena facility. Totally, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, for a community too that lo- that enjoys hockey so much and loves hockey. Oh yeah, because who was it between Phoenix and Calgary? And Calgary. Yeah. yeah. So. Derek Morris was was he there? Did uh, he play at that point? I no, know. I think he was. I don't think he was with the Flames at that point. But he was with Phoenix, though. One of the oh oh yeah he oh was boy D for Phoenix. Oh man, you know I don't. It's so I don't happy. Know if he was done at that point, though, he might have been. But I, but yeah, he's from Sylvan. Right? It was like, a bit of a blur. Yeah, yeah. but oh, Curtis yeah. Glencross. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, he scored a goal in that game, mm. and he either he or his parents like have a place in Morgan Oh, that's awesome. You know, which yeah. is on Sylvan Lake. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, but we've got this pedigree happening in Sylvan Lake with NHL players like Derek There's Morris. Dudes. yeah. Uh, and uh, the Sutter brothers, for instance. Yeah, Colin Frazier. Uh, Colin Frazier is such a, a genuine guy. Yeah. Uh, he brought the Stanley Cup to our community multiple that's times. That's pretty epic. Yeah. Like, you know, and again, the hockey is the tool. Or for us, you know, skateboarding or bmx is the tool Mm -hmm. the 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 outcome is community yeah and i mean it's just such a powerful thing oh super cool yeah anything that brings like the the peoples together is is rad right totally yeah like skateboarding and bmx contests like people just people that wouldn't associate with one another normally getting together to come and check something out is pretty cool yeah yeah that's a sweet accomplishment man 
and like I was like, they won the hockey meal thing. That's insane. Totally, like, that's yeah. super cool. Well, and anything too, like when you show up at that event together from different worlds, yeah, you get that opportunity to say like, oh, we're not so different. You yeah, know? for sure. And uh, it gives you a, a, a reason to sort of to look at your neighbor and be like, ah, you know, we really ought to hang out more. Yeah, you we know? did it. Yeah, we did this together. Like, look what, look what happens. Exactly. When people put their differences aside or whatever it is, right? Totally. Like, yeah, that's pretty pretty cool, man. Yeah. God, being the mayor, it's quite the thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's demanding, it's challenging, but it's also a total honor. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a tall order because like how were was there a time when you weren't even paid is there was that a thing uh it so what as far as i've been involved yeah there's always been pay for it okay but i treated it i worked it at, as more than a full-time job yeah 100%. and it certainly did not pay that way yeah uh so there was a time when my family was really wondering like how are we gonna get by? Able to afford this job? Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, thankfully, my wife is a professional. Yeah, she's been at the same uh, in the same industry since two thousand and two. Nice. So uh, she's my sugar mama. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> she helps us to, to get by, and yeah. uh, and now uh, the job pays better than it did when I started. That's awesome. And yeah. we're able to able to get by, which is really nice because you don't want. Uh, only people who are financially well off mm -hmm. to be involved in politics. Mm -hmm. You know, you want a diverse representation. And if it pays so little that you can only run if you're retired or maybe your family is already wealthy, then mm -hmm. you're going to end up with decision makers who don't understand what it's like to struggle to afford things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that would definitely change the outcome of some decisions. Yeah, it would separate the people that have like a definite calling if you will to the because it's not like a job as more as it is like a calling like you feel deeply that you want to be this like not a lot of people are like yeah i want to be the mayor of southern lake right totally pays crappy you work super long and you'd have to you have to be called to that. it'd be like kind of like not like being a pastor but almost in the same in the same sort of realm yeah like Pays crap, you get treated like dirt, and you're responsible for a lot of stuff. <laughs> Sounds like, woo, yeah, let's totally. do it. Yeah, yeah. you've got to have a, an understanding of, of what you're doing uh, matters, mm -hmm. even when some people might not be happy with you. Yeah. And that, some days that's easier to acknowledge than others. Yeah. Some days you, you, you wonder, you know, what kind of trouble you got yourself into. Oh. Sure. And other days, you know, the community will come together uh, or you'll see a policy that you made positively affect somebody's life and you realize, okay, you know, yeah. I'm really glad that I, I'm here doing this. Thankfully, the good days outnumber the bad days. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes, you know, if we're in a time like we are in now where the economy is tough and people are, are upset with the federal government and the provincial government mm. and, and you're also in government, sometimes you can kind of just get caught up in the in the wave yeah and when people don't have security in their jobs uh, it makes them worried about everything in their life mm -hmm. right so sometimes those elements that are out of our control really affect our everyday lives yeah and that's true you know whether you work in the oil field or politics but when you're in politics and you're trying to uh, serve those people but it takes some vision and and obviously you know taxation yeah. Uh, boy, you the magnifying glass is really on you, and 
and uh, you know it can make some of those days pretty challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You think you'd ever want to be like in the provincial or federal realm of the politics? Well, I've learned to say never say never. Yeah. Uh, because whenever I do, or even my friends say never, it seems like that's the next thing that they're involved <laughs> in. Right. Yeah. You know, right now it's not something that is really attractive to me. Uh, local government is where you can make the biggest change. Yeah. Uh, and and affect the most people. Uh, as far as you make a decision and tomorrow mm. it has an effect in the community. Mm -hmm. So I'm really pleased with that uh, local level. You know, as far as what the future holds, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, right now, I'm totally enjoying where I am. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Have, has anybody ever approached you and be like, you know what, you'd be a good um, MP or an MLA or a whatever yeah. other acronym that comes in. Yeah, no, you got them both right. Yeah, MLA's provincial, MP is federal. Uh, Ooh, you know, I'm kind of flattered. I've been approached a few times. Oh, no way. Yeah, uh, which is nice, you yeah. know, when other people recognize potential in you. And, uh, you know, I, I tell them that uh, I would never want to leave midterm. Mm -hmm. And I oh, hope yeah. that doesn't happen. You yeah. know, like, that's not my plan. My plan is to, I said I was going to be the mayor for this term, and I'm going to, I'm going to walk out that time. So, yeah. and since our elections are offset, you know, they don't all occur at the same time. Right. So people usually ask while you're halfway through a term. Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, it's not something that I, I want to leave my position right now to pursue. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I made a commitment to the people in Sylvan Lake and I want to see it through. Yeah. Yeah. Was it uh, like when you were first elected? I'm going jumping all over the place now. That's but like okay. when you were first elected in there and you're the youngest dude ever. Yeah. So when was when did Terevere get elected as mayor of Red Deer? Uh, we both got elected mayor in 2013. Oh, okay. She had more experience than I did on council. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we both got elected. Uh, so she was on council. I think she was 24. Oh, snap. When she got elected, I was 27. Yeah. Yeah. Is that pretty unheard of, or is that uh, it's pretty at the rare. time? Because like I know my, a buddy's a friend of mine that I went to high school with. His mom was the mayor, Gail Sirkan. Oh, nice. I went to school with Reed. Okay. And uh, when he was like, his mom, when he came back to school the one day, he's like, "Yeah, my mom's a mayor of Red Deer now." I'm like, "Huh? <laughs> Crazy." Yeah. And then I, I, I knew. Whoops! I knew a uh, fifth earthquake to hit Red Deer. We will rebuild. Um, <laughs> When uh, Morris Fluelling was the mayor, we met him because he came out for hibernation. Oh, cool. Actually, it was dope. We got a picture with him and everything. It was super cool. Yeah. We pumped on what we were doing. Nice. So, like, honestly, when you think of, like, people that are mayors or whatever, they're older people. Normally. Right? Like, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's a weird, it's not, like, a weird thing for a young guy to be into, but, like, it's getting more and more common. Yeah. That you find, like, I, th I think that's good, like, young, visionary-type people. I think you need that. I think yeah. your elected officials should look like your community. So yeah. it should be a balance of men and women. Mm -hmm. It should be a balance of age. Mm -hmm. It should be a balance of, of background as well, you know? Uh, so when I got elected to council in 2010, I stuck out like a sore throat. <laughs> I was 27, and I would show up to... Uh, a convention for politics and you know with 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 every bit of respect i can muster for for everyone out there uh you know i i went there though and most of the people looked like they were in retirement totally you know so there was some people who like were in their 40s backwards hat 
Yeah, I go in there. Well, you know, my dress pants are made by Volcom. Yeah, perfect. And, uh, you know, actually, lots of my stuff was, lots of my dress clothes came from skate shops. Stuff is nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I stuck out like a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in 2013, it was pretty remarkable. There seemed to be like a crop of young people who got involved in politics at the time. Yeah. And, you know, you look around. Um, Don Iveson, mayor of uh, Edmonton, was was in his thirties. Oh, is he okay? Yeah. Uh, Ned Nenshi, mayor of Calgary, was uh, he was like just entering his forties when he got elected mayor of Calgary. That's pretty good. Yeah. Tara Veer, I was uh, you know young when she got elected, and she's still young now uh, as mayor of Red Deer. Myself in Sylvan Lake, mm. uh, Bill Given in Grand Prairie, Elisa Holmes, mayor of Morinville. These were all people who were you know young you know oh, wow. in, in their 30s and and 20s in some cases mm-hmm. so but we were definitely the exception not yeah, the rule no kidding yeah it's yeah because yeah i don't know I, I think it seems like it's changed a lot in that in that way that young people are like i want to make a difference man like people i don't know maybe it was just not thought of in the past or not viewed mm-hmm. by younger people that was like, you know what? I could do something now that will, and like, that's a strange mindset. It is. It's kind of like, not a lot of people have that like mindset of like, I'm going to make a change to this and we'll actually go out and do something about it, which I don't know. It's mo- the, the more motivated younger people now, I feel like. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, you know, so Sylvan Lake is uh, a little bit more than a century old. Mm-hmm. Then if you go back to our formative days, there were more young people involved. Mm. But then you look at the time between like even the 60s and 70s, right up until 2000, it was mostly older people. Uh, and again, all of them wanted to do a good thing, right? But there yeah. was a real noticeable absence of, of, of younger people. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, I recognized in 2013 there there's this great movement of of younger people and, and and so in this context that's in their 20s and the 30s even when there was a counselor from Mournville who was 18. Oh wow! Yeah, no way. yeah, he's wow. out. He's he's moved on since because uh, yeah. he served his term and then he he went on. But uh, super good experience for an 18 year old kid. Absolutely. How do you yeah. even know what the hell you're doing? When I was 18, I had no freaking clue. Was, <laughs> yeah. You know, he was city, hey? No. Yeah. <laughs> he was really bright and interested, but it's really cool to see sort of that resurgence yeah. of younger people who are interested in making a difference. That's and, definitely like they're like the exception, not the norm. Totally. So, right? Like, totally. man. But it's cool that there's, you know, seems like there's more exceptions in the place of power now which is pretty cool because like yeah like if i was an 18 year old running for council on my platform be like i vote for beer vending machines to be in all the high schools (laughs) (laughs) skateboard break at two o'clock till six it'd be terrible yeah (laughs) bad news for everybody else involved yeah well it's cool you know this is where well it was nice so in 2017 i passed off that youngest mayor title to mike yarjo in the town of penhold just south of red deer here yeah um but there's this there's this community of people even when you get elected to council Mm -hmm. so i'm one of seven nice and on our council we have men women young old people who might end up on the you know, left of center on the political spectrum, right. people who would definitely be right of center on the political spectrum. 
So thankfully, you know, we're not electing uh, dictators or kings and queens. Mm -hmm. We're electing groups of people. Yeah. So even if you're 18, uh, you know, and, and you might have some ideas that that might be, uh, you know, not in your authority or, or jurisdiction, yeah. you've got that other group of people around you who bring in that wisdom and experience. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the administration from the municipality as well who will have experience to say, no, we can't do that, or mm -hmm. that is a good idea, or you might want to rethink that one. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As mayor, do you get like a veto of anything? Can you no. be like, yep, nope, mayor, staff is coming down. No, nope. no. No, I don't get that. I mean, I do, uh, I'm the chairperson of the meetings that we have. Okay. Especially the council meetings, and other people take turns chairing other, other types of committees and stuff. But, uh, so I get to say how the meeting goes we okay. we craft a bylaw that tells us what our procedure is but if somebody's out of order for instance i get to shut that down and in okay. fact it's my responsibility mm. to shut that down and, and make sure that things are going uh the way they should which i tell you is another thing that's easier said than done yeah, because I you know see that. it's all on lots of things are on the edge right again there's it's not black and white it's it seems like we're getting a little off track here but i'll just you know let them get another couple words in. Oh my gosh, I should have shut down that yeah. conversation. <laughs> oh no, I took a violent turn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's never dull. I tell you the mm -hmm. municipal life. I've seen like some like we've like uh, Barbie's the the president of the community association here for Riverside Meadows. Awesome, it's dope. Yeah. So anytime we have meetings, I introduce myself as like the first man. All right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> So we've had some meetings in our community here about um, the mustard seed and whatever, and yep. like the ch the guy who usually chairs the meeting like kind of does that, and it gets nutty. Sometimes. I bet. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like that's it's a hard position to be in. I guess that would be hard for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and as passionate people, you bet, right? And they just get a little overzealous sometimes, and yeah, yeah. Well, and it's emotional, right? You're talking about your life. Yeah. So, uh, and I think sometimes people get frustrated with the system that exists. Mm -hmm. They know what they want to happen, mm -hmm. but then there's already rules or bylaws in place that say, if you want to make a change, these are the steps you've got to go through. Yeah. People who aren't used to that kind of thing get frustrated and say, like, all I want you to do is fix the problem. Yeah. And uh, when, if they don't see action on that, then, yeah, they, get, they can get really upset for yeah. sure. What do, you, what do you feel like you guys are faced with right now that you're like, this is going to be a long road? Or, Well, we've had to build this wastewater pipeline for the region from Silver oh, Lake okay. into the city of Red Deer. And uh, that it's under construction right now, so yeah. it'll be okay. But in order to pay for that, we've really had to increase our utility rates. Mm. So that's the thing that people are really upset about right now. Right. We're comparable to other people who have had to do the same thing. So Lacombe, Blackfalls, Red Deer, Penhold, Innisfail, for instance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but of course, it's a change for our residents, and it's no one wants to pay a higher bill. No. So you yeah. know they're definitely upset with it. So that's the transition we're going through right now, and it's not going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of something that we're going to have to reckon with. Uh, we're doing the responsible thing. We're doing the right thing. Yeah. But sometimes that costs money. Yeah. And so we're living through that right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's some stuff that you're looking forward to, like as summer rolls around, Sylvan gets bumping again, like yeah. something new and exciting on the horizon that you've been working on? We're working on this project called Pogaddle Park, uh, which will be uh, a, an 80-acre outdoor recreation park that we're going to build on the southwest corner of Sylvan Lake. 
and it'll have uh, baseball diamonds. Oh, cool. uh, yeah, a outdoor turf field for soccer and football. Um, outdoor hockey rink, tennis, Skatepark. pickleball. Pickleball uh, is so popular. It's growing it's so crazy. fast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some regular soccer fields, maybe a, a bike park, uh, a campground. Yeah. So it's going to take a long time to build. Yeah. But uh, like, we're going to get started on it this year mm. and hopefully, you know, we'll build it in phases. Yeah. But that's something that will be there forever. That's right? cool. So yeah. it's something I'm really excited to be a part of. Skate parks? Make it'll... a bike park. Yeah. But pave it. That's what I hope to do. Like that the is next money. thing that I wish we could build, you know, money is always hard to come by in a municipality. Mm -hmm. But uh, a pump track is what I would love yeah, to see. Yeah, dude. Because that way it doesn't matter so whether you're on fun. a skateboard, Absolutely. longboard, bike, even a scooter, yeah, cool. a stroller. <laughs> uh, you know, you can yep. go on there and have a good time. So that's a that's cool, man. That would yeah. be yeah, that'd be that'd be the funnest part of the job. Like just and obviously probably the most stressful too. Like trying to plan those type of things but like just the vision of it vision i i feel like i'd be good at like visioning like this one for me man this would be cool i yeah. can see it oh yeah yeah policy what <laughs> yeah it's you definitely one of the perks do it. yeah dang it yeah yeah so you like would you you would have been responsible for building that uh next next source center, next source right? center, like yes. not responsible for building it but like doing the doing the groundwork and legwork to like get that going the planning the funding you know we we form committees and task forces for this stuff to make sure that mm -hmm. the community has input and ultimately ownership of that you know project yeah but i was really happy to be part of that uh, every step of the way actually yeah and uh i can't i can't take credit for it but to see that it exists in our community now and how many people come together and have it be their hub. Really nice facility. Yeah, and it's not just sports either. Like the senior center is the very first thing that's in there mm. at the front door. Mm. And, uh, you know, to have those generations coming together, those sports coming together, activities, arts, culture coming together. It's so cool. And it's practically in the downtown. It's on the edge of downtown. Oh, yeah. But it's sure. in the downtown as well, which keeps that activity mm -hmm. in the central core of our community and, and keeps it alive. So it's yeah. really cool. Would you what would you check off as like this is the best thing that I've done so far? Uh boy, that's a tough one because there's a lot of policy decisions that <laughs> seem boring to For other sure. people, yeah. but that I was really happy to be a part of. Like we were one of the very first people in Alberta to have a maternity leave policy. You know, oh, so right. if you're a, a, a woman and, and you want to be involved in council, and actually, so it applies to to men as well because it's not just maternity leave; it's it's like parental leave yeah, paternity. uh you know so we were one of the more progressive early adopting councils of a policy like that right and uh we might actually put it to test in the next year here we'll Sweet. see which is exciting because that means that more more people who don't necessarily fit one single description like being retired for instance mm -hmm. uh get to be involved in, in politics and make a difference mm -hmm. uh the next source center was uh totally incredible to be a part of hockeyville was yeah like uh, that'll be a, a memory I keep with me for the rest of my life. Sweet. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, my wife is calling it. I might have to. Okay. We'll <laughs> might wrap, have to go. I'll wrap it up with one more question. Okay. Um, what would you say to a young man who is listening to this, and it could happen, that's like, you know what? I'd like to maybe look at a career in politics or be the mayor of one day. Like, what would you say? Like, where's a good place to start? Like looking at it. I think we talked about like getting into being a council person or is mm -hmm. even in, even in high school, is there things like courses you could check out or 
kind of avenues you pursue through that or even yeah. just volunteering, right? Something yeah. Like so the piece of advice I'd give to them is if you don't have integrity, you don't have anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, so start, start there, yeah. you know. Second one would be uh, start to serve the people around you. In this, even in the smallest ways you can, mm -hmm. you know, somebody drops a piece of garbage, pick it up for them and put them in the garbage can. Yeah. Uh, the next one would be volunteer on like a, on a broader level, yeah. get involved in your community. And the next one would be become an expert on your community. Mm. You know, what happens in this neighborhood? What does, what could this neighborhood use? What's the history of my community? What are its values? And then, yeah, start to get involved in those committees uh, and, and then run for council. Sweet. I guess you know, that all adds up to, it's got to be organic, mm -hmm. you know, uh, take your time, develop your character and your, um, your love for your community and then, uh, be brave, mm -hmm. run for council yeah. and, uh, recognize too, that if you don't get elected the first time around, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, another term is coming up, yeah. uh, continue to be who you are, you know, be honest, serve other people, care about the community more than you care about yourself for those four years in between the election and run again the next time. Mm -hmm. uh, and also realize that you have power, sometimes more power off of council than you do on council. Mm. So you can be involved in your community and make a difference without necessarily being elected. Mm. Yeah. And if all those fails, bribe somebody. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> cool, man. Well, awesome. Well, thanks, thanks for having me. Dude, it's thanks for carving time out to do this. Let's... Obviously, something you don't have a ton of. So yeah, well, it's nice to catch up. And... Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, this like to me, this is rewarding just to like sit down and have a chat with you and just be able to like hear about this stuff. Cause like I've known you've been the mayor for a long time. Like he's a young mayor. Like I've always been like, what the heck is that like? Right. Dude? Like that's gotta be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sweet. Like it just kind of. More, more than anything, it satisfied, satisfied my curiosity, right? It's like, oh, this is sweet. It's just a cool thing to do. and Yeah. yeah. It's a great to, reason to get together. And just to hang out, yeah. Have a chat. Have a Red Bull. Have a chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Ready for the rest of the day. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't affect your sleep at all. No, it never does. Okay, good. I drink too many of these things, bro. Like, I swear. Red Bull's bad for you. I feel better not having them and, like, more energized if I don't drink them. But. Yeah. I love how they taste. Yeah, me I, I too. would drink it if they were not energy giving. Well, and they were part of our <laughs> journey at Incline. They oh yeah, they were a sponsor of Shake the Lake. And oh really? I'm like, kind of hopelessly loyal. Like it's been a long time since Rapid since they gave anything to something that I was doing. But uh, oh nice. When it becomes sort of like a fixture in your life, yeah, keep going back. You yeah, know? you know what the loophole is? You find a Red Bull guy who's like got the truck driving around delivering stuff and then you drive up to him and you say, hey, do you got any expired Red Bull in there? And they'll give you anything oh they have that's gosh. expired. I didn't know that well, after dude, all these years. I, uh, no way. Yeah, there's a kid that I know that um, <laughs> I, I texted him the one day and I'm like, sell me a flat of Red Bull, how much, blah, blah. And he's like, it's this much. Okay. I'm like, hey, yeah, let's do this sometime. I'll meet up with you. And then... I was driving into town from work one day and I saw him at like on the north end there's that fast gas in AW. Yep. And I rolled up and rolled down the window and he told me about these kids that yelled at an expired Red Bull and he's like, Man, these kids just know because like they just give it away. <laughs> They're listening to your podcast and so they know what's up. So like I rolled up, rolled down and I'm like, Hey man, got an expired Red Bull and he gave me two flats. Get out of here. Yeah. I had no idea. Of, like, that size of them. No and way. then and then four packs of the yellows. Oh yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It was a lot of red. Though. You know, for me, like they've <laughs> honestly helped us out so much with the festival when we were doing it. Yeah, that that's uh, sweet. you know, I kind of feel this loyalty. That's uh, cool. To them. Yeah, they yeah they they come around and do all kinds of cool stuff, right? Like when I was at the college, they hosted a uh, paper airplane throwing oh yeah contest in the in the upstairs Sonovus room or whatever it's yes. called. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, they like would walk around and give away Red Bull and Canada Day at the at the lake too. They there would always be the Red Bull people yeah. with their backpack on, like giving out stuff. It's cool. Yeah. They're presents and they do do some cool events. Yeah, they got cool. tons of money. Yeah, it's funny. Like stuff. we're not they're not so affiliated with anything I do with the town or anything, but on a personal you level, get them sponsor the town. <laughs> Red Bull fridge in every office. Oh my gosh! Yeah, best. that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny though you know like as far this is my sort of caffeine intake choice yeah no coffee for uh, coffee is just you know it's not I don't like the taste of it it's not my thing mm. but you know you go to any meeting or any place and it's like oh would you like a coffee yeah you know they don't say would you like a Red Bull <laughs> <laughs> no they sure don't because uh, it's in a can and it's flashy yeah anyway cool man well yeah thanks thanks for the time heck yeah it's been a good time yeah super sweet totally okay bye everybody bye beep 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 thanks for tuning into the show everybody and thanks again special 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 thanks to my guest sean mcintyre for coming over to my house bringing me a red bull and just yeah sharing some stories and just talking about his journey as to how he became the mayor of Sylvan Lake. Super cool. I hope you enjoyed it. And maybe you want to be the mayor now of some town. That'd be cool. Uh, give Sean Mack a buzz. Go go have a coffee. Or he doesn't drink coffee. Bring a Red Bull to his office. Sit down with them. And you guys can chat about what it would be like for you to be the mayor of some town. Maybe Red Deer. Maybe Lacombe. Maybe Kazakhstan. Or is that a country? That's a whole country, I think. So anyway, thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you all next time. Bye-bye.